Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. So glad you guys are here today. We're starting a brand new series today, Christmas at the Movies. Before we do that, I want to welcome those of you watching online. Hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, and hopefully your weekend was capped off. If you're a Buckeye fan with a great victory yesterday, we beat that team up north. And it uh, doesn't get much better than that. 13 of the last 14 years we've been able to celebrate with that. So that's pretty good, right? It's a reason to rejoice. Yeah, there's some Buckeye fans are here. I'm glad you're here. Uh, but we're glad you're here. As we dive in today, before we kind of do, just kind of setting the tone for the series and really for the, the Christmas season now that Thanksgiving is kind of behind us, and we move into December this week, and Christmas is just around the corner. Uh, Christmas in our culture has kind of lost its original intent. I can remember even just when I was a kid how things have changed from then, and especially over the last, you know, 50 plus years, Christmas in our culture has really been redefined. Christmas has gone commercial in a lot of sense, and it's become more about, you know, the shopping season and, and the festivities and parties and all those things that come with it. And if we're not careful, we can lose really the, the, the meaning of Christmas. And there's nothing wrong with parties. Believe me, I got a whole slew of them on my calendar already that I'll be at and all those things. But if that becomes the focus is about the presents and the parties and all those things, and we don't remember what it's really about, I believe we do Christmas really an injustice and in our politically correct culture right Christ has literally been removed from Christmas and and if you think about like at my daughter's school they solicit help for these parties that they have it's not a Christmas party it's a holiday party right uh, uh, the Easton Town Center they lit the tree uh, just a few a couple, I think it was last week and and it was the holiday tree like you can't even call it a Christmas tree I've even heard Christmas trees called trees of illumination it's a tree of illumination, a tree with lights on it, right? And, and, and Christ is being removed from it because we, we don't want to offend anyone. But as Christ followers, as Christians, how many of you think it would be important for us to keep Christ central to Christmas, right? That if culture removes them from it, hey, that's their thing. But the church and Christ followers and his followers, we have the opportunity and I would say the responsibility to make sure that Christmas Stay centered on Christ. Again, there's nothing wrong with presents and getting your kids things and enjoying all that comes with Christmas. But let's remember what it's all about. In John 1.14, it says this. So the word became human and made his home among us. How awesome is that? That God, it says in the beginning was the word and it, the word was God. The word was with God. That God came down to earth and humbled himself and made his home among us. It's pretty amazing to me. I could preach just on that this morning, that God was willing to leave heaven and to come and take on flesh and to deal with all the stuff that we have to deal with, leaving perfection, coming into this world to make his home in you and I's hearts. That's amazing, right? And then the, he said that he was full of unfailing love, that he didn't just come, but he came with unfailing love and faithfulness. John goes on to say he came bringing grace and truth with him. That God came to show us what true love was. He came to, to make his home in our hearts and to show us what it means to be truly fulfilled 
He goes on in verse 17, he says, For the law was given through Moses, and we know what the law was, the Ten Commandments and then the many other laws that came with it that we could not live up to, that was not attainable for you and me to do. And so God came into this earth, but it said that God's unfailing love and faithfulness came when Jesus came. That his forgiveness came. No one has ever seen God, John said, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart and he has revealed God to us. That's Christmas. Jesus came. He came into this world and with him he brought love and hope and joy and forgiveness and peace and all of these amazing things that he brought was for you and for me. And so today, as we embark on this Christmas season, as we begin to get into all that it brings with it, let's remember what it's all about. Let's keep Christ central to Christmas this year. Let's remember the opportunity we have to share that with our family, with our friends, with our loved ones, with our children. And as we start this series today, we're going to start with what I believe one of the classic Christmas movies of all time, A Christmas Story. Right, if you've, raise your hand if you've seen it, right, okay, um, almost everyone, if you haven't, uh, and just tune in to, to TBS or TNT on Christmas Eve, right, Christmas Eve starting at 8 p.m. for the last 20 years on TBS or TNT, one of those two stations, this movie has run continuously for 24 hours from 8 p.m. on Christmas Eve until 8 p.m. Christmas Day, 12 consecutive airings of a movie in a row. I don't know any other movie that holds that kind of distinct honor that can can show that many times and that a television station, the ratings are good enough to keep that going, right? They're about making money. You know that, right? And so that this movie is that popular. The film was also selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. I got to look this up for you. How many of you knew that? I didn't know that. Like, I looked that up this week, working at Starbucks in Wisconsin on, Christmas, on Thanksgiving break. Uh, I found this stat that has been that popular. Why would this be so popular? Why is this such a classic hit? I think because it kind of touches the heart of a shared context for all of us, right? Being a child at Christmas, wanting more than anything a particular gift that you hope beyond hope will be under the tree on Christmas Day. We've all been there. And in this movie, nine-year-old Ralphie Parker wants only one thing for Christmas. The Red Ryder carbon action, 200-shot, range model air rifle with a compass in the stock. He's very specific about what he wants. And he starts plotting and scheming very early on to get what he wants. Let's take a look at this first clip. So Ralphie begins to plot, right? Early on, weeks before Christmas, leading up to persuade his mom to get him the gun, he puts an ad in her favorite magazine hoping she'll come across it and and pick up the, the hint that he needs this. And then ultimately he just tells his mom, Mom, this is what I want. This is what I need for Christmas. And she replies with, you'll she'll shoot your eye out. And Ralphie's devastated. Oh, man, the thing that I need most is not going to happen. So then his next move is, is writing an essay for his teacher at school. She asks them to write an essay about what they want for Christmas. And Ralphie puts a ton of thought into this amazing piece of literature. And the day that he gets it returned back to him on the, the top of the paper, it says D+. And then at the bottom it says P.S. You'll shoot your eye out, right? So Ralphie's not, you know, he's, he's devastated but not deterred. He, he, he moves on to Santa. 
He says, all right, it is my last resort. I'm going to ask Santa. Hopefully Santa can come through for me. So he goes to the mall, and they're in line, and then he gets on Santa's lap, and he chokes. He can't get the words out. And then he finally, he's about to go down the slide, right, in the movie, and he holds on, and he tells Santa what he wants, and then Santa replies with the same thing. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. And then he kicks him in the forehead, and down the slide he goes, right? And Ralphie's hopes are devastated. He doesn't know what he's going to do, and he's obsessed with this BB gun. The whole movie is based around him getting this. And I think Ralphie's obsession is a reminder for all of us how much we like stuff, right? Let's just be honest. We like stuff. Even if that stuff isn't really good for us, we think that it may be good for us, and we like it, and we think that we need it, and we want it. And if there's ever a season where we as a culture become obsessed with stuff, it's this time of year, right? And it actually started on Black Friday, Black Thursday evening at around 5 p.m. when the stores opened up and the news stations are all out and people are sleeping in tents, right, in cold weather with the hopes of getting in the door first so that they can get stuff, right? Not like life-changing stuff, not like I'm lining up and sleeping outside so that I can feed my family kind of stuff. No, that I can get stuff that I think I want, that I think I need, and I'm going to save a little money getting what I want. Now listen, if you went out Black Friday shopping, more power to you. You know, you're brave, and I admire your courage and being willing to embrace that, that part of our culture. And again, there's nothing wrong with stuff, but when stuff becomes the focus, and when stuff becomes the thing that we think will fill our lives, then we begin to lose what truly fills our lives. For me, the gift that I wanted, and I've actually shared about this before, was the Dyno VFR with double brakes, all chrome, with rear pegs. That's what I wanted. And we have a picture. There it is, right? That was it in all of its glory. Look at that. Look at how the light is shining off of it. And this wasn't my exact model, but this gives you an idea of, as an eighth grader at Blinden Middle School, how this piece of machinery could have changed my life. You see, before that, I was riding my sister's girl bike around, okay? And so this was the bike that was going to set me apart. This was the bike that was going to help me get that girl that I wanted because, hey, after all, she could ride on the back. I had pegs, right? This was the bike that was going to get me to the pool all summer so I could hang out with my friends. This was the bike that was going to be the game changer. And I got it. I'll never forget that I I actually got it for Christmas. And I I never thought I was going to get it. I get this bike And I have to wait because it's Christmas, it's cold, you can't really ride the bike. And then finally the weather begins to break and I take the bike for a ride. And I I barely had it a week maybe and I left the bike outside and it was stolen. And I've shared with you before how I went on a hunt for it. I was devastated that the bike was stolen from me and all of my dreams came crashing down (laughs) with it. That here I was back to the girl bike that I was going to have to ride around all summer again. And that is exactly what I rode around all summer in. But all my hope was in that bike. And you see, for most of us, that's what we think stuff will do, right? We think stuff will fulfill us. We think that if we can just get that next thing and if we can get what we need that will be fulfilled, if we can just get our bank account to this level, if we can just get that promotion at work, if we can just get that house in that neighborhood, if we could just get that vehicle, if we could just get that relationship, if we could just find that person, that that would be the thing that will finally fulfill us. You see, for most of us, we believe that our fulfillment is just around the corner waiting on us. And if we can just get our hands on it, then we'll finally be happy. Then we'll finally be fulfilled. 
Jesus tells us, though, that the key to greatness, the key to fulfillment, is actually found somewhere else. In Matthew 20, 25 through 28, Jesus called his disciples together. And he says, you know how the rulers of the Gentiles, the people in this world, how they rule over them and their high officials exercise their authority over them. He goes, this isn't how it's going to be with you, not with my people, not with my followers. Instead, whoever wants to become great, I would say whoever wants to become fulfilled must become your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus came at Christmas with a mission, and that mission was to serve you and me. And he shows us the pathway to true fulfillment comes from serving. Do I have any Seinfeld fans here today? Any Seinfeld fans? Okay, some of you will get this, right? In the, in the show Seinfeld, there's, a, there's an episode where George figures out that every natural inclination he has is wrong. And so if that's the case, then the opposite of what he thinks he should do will actually be the right thing to do, right? And actually, it turns out and works out pretty well for him. George goes on a, you know, a, a season of success where things are going in his favor by doing the exact opposite of what he thought he should do. And you see, what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, look, as far as the world goes, as far as the culture you're in goes, what I'm telling you to do is the exact opposite of what they're going to tell you to do. This is the exact opposite that you think will be the path to fulfillment. It's opposite. It says he's different. His kingdom is totally different. He says if you want to be lifted up, you have to humble yourself. He said if you, if you get prideful, you'll actually be brought down. And he said to be fulfilled, to be filled up, you have to learn how to pour yourself out. And this is something we always talk about here at Adventure Church because we believe our faith requires action. And we believe that when we get active in the kingdom of God and we begin to give ourselves away, that that's truly the thing that will fulfill us the most. You see, Ralphie was all about Ralphie. He was all about what he could get. In fact, we've been working with Maddox on this recently because as we pray together at night, Maddox just tends to pray for everything that he wants. And right now he's fixated on praying and he's asking Jesus to, sell, to tell Santa to bring him a golden scepter for Christmas. I don't know where he saw that or what he wants and he'll say things like this. And we'll say, well, Maddox, you need to be thankful. You need to pray for things. And so he'll go, okay, Jesus, will you bring me the golden scepter and why don't you have one for yourself too since you're the actual king anyway. That's literally the things that he's saying. He's fixated. His prayers are focused centrally on him and what he wants and what he wants to get. So every night we're working with him. Maddox, what are three things that you're thankful for today? What are th three things that happened today that you just want to tell Jesus, thank you for this? Okay, now what are three things that you can pray for that aren't about you at all? So you can pray for someone else. He's like, well, I'm praying that Jesus would get the golden scepter too. Doesn't that count? That's not about me. Right? But that's how it is, isn't it? Aren't we all kind of like that? That even in our prayers, they become central to us what we want, what we think we need from God, what he can do for us, and we can kind of forget what the true meaning that it means to be a Christ follower is not making it about us, it makes it about other people. And the lesson that we learn from Ralphie is, is listen, as long as you are all about you, you will never be fulfilled. Because you can't fulfill you. You can't do it. You can try all you want to fulfill your life with things and stuff and get what you want, but you can't do it. You'll never get there. If you were able to get everything you want, get yourself exactly the way you want yourself to be, listen to me, I'm telling you, you still won't be enough. Why? Because you can't fulfill you. You won't be fulfilled. 
because God created you in a way to make you long for something that will only fulfill you, and it's him. So he puts this longing in you, and the longing and the desire you have is legit to be fulfilled, to be content, to be happy. But the world tells you that that happiness is found somewhere else, that it's not in Jesus. And I'm telling you, you will be on an endless quest for fulfillment your whole life if you continue to search for fulfillment in anything other than Jesus Christ. He created you. So we have to reject the lie that this world offers us. We can't buy into what the enemy tries to get you wrapped up with, not just at Christmas, but really every day of the year where it's about you. And you think if you can just get this or get that, get your hands on this and get to this place and that you'll buy, finally be fulfilled. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says this, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you don't have the love of the Father in you. For the world only offers a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they're from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God, they will live forever. He says, listen, the possessions, the achievements, the, the cravings that this world offers you, he goes, they're fading away. They're fleeting, right? This time of year, how many of you baking cookies, right? Thanksgiving, you got all the desserts lined up and, and all those things, right? And we've talked about this before, but, but sweets can never fully satisfy you, right? If you ate too many sweets, you would get sick. We think that that stuff will satisfy us, and I have a sweet tooth to go along with anyone. Right now, you know, we finally condensed the two Halloween tubs, uh, trick-or-treat, into one. And so yesterday I was digging through, throwing out Skittles and all that stuff, looking for those Snickers. And I promise you, they're not even fun size. They're like mini-sized Snickers, like this big. And I can tell you this, I could eat Snickers all day long. And you know what? I'm never going to, I always want one more. <laughs> that craving is always going to be there. The commercial lies that says when you're hungry, you get a Snickers and you're completely satisfied. No, they trick you. You can't eat enough Snickers to be satisfied. You have to eat more and more and more of them. And that's kind of what this is saying is that there's a craving that the world offers you that can't fulfill you. There's a craving for it, and if you try to feed on that, you're never going to be fully and finally satisfied. It's an appetite that's never satisfied. So he says you can't crave those things. You've got to crave what will really satisfy you, and that's Jesus. You can't acquire, you can't consume, you can't exercise your way to fulfillment, but Jesus says you can give and serve your way to fulfillment by investing in other people. Let's take a look at this next clip. I want to take the focus off of Ralphie for a second and put it on his dad, right? Because Ralphie gets what he wants. We're going to talk about that in a second. But the joy of a father being able to bless his kid with what really was going to fulfill him, right? And for Ralphie, it was the BB gun. But maybe for you and me that we need to understand that one of the best things you can do for yourself is to do for someone else. That one of the greatest ways you can experience that type of joy that his dad is being able to give something away to someone else who really could use it, who can really need it. In this Christmas season, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to, to give of your time away to someone who needs it, to give of your resources to someone who needs it, to, to be a part of an activity, either, maybe even here at the church where we go into people in need and serve the people of Delaware County, putting presents in in, in Christmas dinner together for a family that otherwise wouldn't get to have it if it wasn't for 
our resources and our time going into those things. You see, the best way to be fulfilled, as we've said, is to give yourself away. And the more you give away, according to scripture, according to the way it works, the more you actually get in return. And it's the real thing. It's the fulfillment that you really are longing for comes in not in what you can get, but what you can give. And what we make in, when we make investments into the kingdom of God and into God's people, that's the only thing in this world that is eternal are the souls of human beings that we can give ourselves away to them in a way that blesses them and truly fulfills you. I know we're just coming out of our Blessed Life series, and this isn't about our resources this morning, but those were the words of Jesus in Acts 20, 35, where he said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's what he's talking about. That's the joy that being able to give yourself away truly brings you. And I know for, for you, if you have kids, there's really nothing like being able to give my kids what they want, right? To see the look on their face and to see them enjoy the gifts that I'm able to bring them. There's a ton of fulfillment that comes from that. And I think the more we give ourselves away, at the end of the day, the more fulfilled we will be. Scripture says the more you pour yourself out, the more God will fill you up. And today, I would be, it wouldn't be right to, to not close with this one final clip of Ralphie getting what he wants, but maybe didn't turn out the way that he thought it would be. Let's take a look at this last clip. See, Ralphie got what he wished for. But sometimes, even when you get what you wish for, it's not what you wished it would be, right? Today, I want to tell you, if you don't get anything else out of this today, is I'm telling you this. I promise you, if you keep trying to find fulfillment outside of God and his will for your life, you'll learn the hard way just like Ralphie. You see, everyone told Ralphie, hey, you get that, you get what you want, there's, there's danger that can come with it. And this morning I'm telling you, if you continue to pursue fulfillment outside of the will of God for your life, I'm telling you, you'll learn the hard way. You're going to end up unfulfilled and never satisfied. That's the way that this works. You can get what you wish for, but it's never what you wished it would be. You see, we all think that true joy is, is on the other side of something, but if you continue to live your life in that way, that there is no other thing. There is not something that you're going to finally get that will fulfill you. I call this destination disease. Where we think our ideal life is always somewhere else, with someone else, doing something else, having something else. It's the idea that happiness and fulfillment is in the next person, the next place, the next thing. And that if we can just get to this place, or if we can just get this person, if we could just get out of this relationship and into another one, if we could just get this promotion, if we could just get, 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 get. And there's never any fulfillment. And this quest for fulfillment is never fulfilled. You'll never find what you're looking for because it doesn't exist outside of Jesus. It's only found in him. See, my kids, they're just like Ralphie. They want things really bad too. And I enjoy getting to see them play with it. But you know what happens with the majority of the gifts that they get? They play with them for about five minutes. And then they move on to the next thing. And I got boxes in my house, tubs in my house full of toys. We actually have to take time to go through toys and get rid of old ones so that they can get new ones because we don't have enough room for all of their toys. Don't look at me like that. You have the same thing in your house. Right? And it's stuff upon stuff and the new thing that they thought was going to be the next greatest thing. And we get it for them. And guess what? It's in the bottom of a toy box somewhere. I've been tempted 
and just won't let me do it. But I've been tempted to rewrap old gifts because they would be brand new to them again. That's the window that would say played with it. But she won't let me do it. Save us a lot of money. But listen, this is what the devil does to us. The devil disguises himself as an angel of light and he just rewraps the same old lies over and over again. And if he can get you to just keep opening those things over and over, that your fulfillment somewhere else with someone else doing something else, that there's this destination disease that you have always longing for something, trying to find fulfillment in what this world tries to offer you. And I'm, I'm just telling you, you can stay on this cycle forever. And it's a cycle of discontentment that you'll never get off of. And you'll go from the next thing to the next person to the next house to the next car. And you'll keep on this cycle of discontentment until you realize that this cycle is going to lead you nowhere. That you'll always be unfulfilled if you're searching for fulfillment outside of God. In Luke 12, 15, Jesus gives us this warning. He says, you got to watch out. Always be on guard against all kinds of greed. Remember this, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. But the world tells us the exact opposite. That if you can just get this next thing, you'll finally be fulfilled. And until we reject the lie that happiness and fulfillment is somewhere else, happiness and fulfillment will never be where we are. I think that's worth repeating this morning. Until we reject the lie, because it is a lie, that happiness and fulfillment is somewhere else, happiness and fulfillment will never be where we are. Ecclesiastes 6.9 says that type of attitude, that cycle, that destination disease, he says it's useless. It's like chasing the wind. He said it's better to be satisfied with what you have than to always be wanting something else you see we have enough if you have Jesus you have enough sometimes it takes only having Jesus to realize that only Jesus was all you ever needed and I don't want to learn the hard way where God has to strip things from me to realize that look Kyle that's not going to fulfill you that won't make you happy be content with what you have learn how to appreciate what I've already given you Don't chase the wind. And for many of us, we get stuck in this cycle because it's what the culture surrounds us with. And we think that this will be the thing that finally fulfills us. And I'm telling you, if you get nothing else today, you can search all you want. But you're on a quest that has no ending. Because only Jesus can truly fulfill you. The band's coming, we're going to close out. David gives us the cure for this destination disease, this idea that, that our happiness and fulfillment is, is somewhere else. And he says this in Psalm 37, 4. He says, take delight in the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, delight. Delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. Delight, believe that he is the way. Believe that he is the truth. Delight yourself in what he offers you. Enjoy what he's already given you. Delight yourself in the things of God, that he can fulfill you. It says, make him the centerpiece of your life. That's what delighting in the Lord means, that he is central to your life. He's in the center, and you're not on this cycle of discontentment. You're on a cycle around Jesus and what really fulfills you. He says, delight yourself in that. And if you do that, God will give you the desires of your heart. But that's the first one. We preach this one a lot. 
Well, I love to preach this. If I just said, listen, God will give you the desires of your heart. That sounds easy, right? Well, God loves me. He's my, he just wants to give me what I need. No, but we always forget that first part. Delight in the Lord. Then God will give you the desires of your heart. God will give you the real thing. You see, your heavenly father wants nothing more to fulfill his kids. But he's not going to give you something fake. He's not going to give you the counterfeit stuff of this world that you think will fulfill you. He's going to give you the real thing. It's not presents. It's his presence. And that's what Christmas is all about. That he came. That he made his home among us. That he lives in you and me. That he offers us true peace. That he offers us true fulfillment. He says, I've come. I came to give you life and life to the full. But delight yourself in me. Delight yourself in my ways. Delight yourself in my word. Follow the path that I've already paid for you to follow. The path to fulfillment isn't in what you can get, it's in what you can give away. And the more you pour yourself out, the more God will fill you up. This is the path that leads to fulfillment. And he desires nothing more for his kids to truly be fulfilled. But he won't allow you to be fulfilled with anything other than him. There's a void in you that it can only be satisfied by fully surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, by trusting in his word, following his ways. So quit trying to fill your life with stuff that'll never work. Break the cycle. Get out of that discontentment. Trust God, follow him, delight yourself in him. He says, then he'll give you what your heart is really longing for, him. That's what will fulfill you. Would you stand with me today? We're gonna sing this song together. I pray that we would make this song our prayer for this Christmas season, but not just for this season, but the daily we would say, Jesus, be the center of my life. God, let me put you at the centerpiece of my table. And God, my family, my career, my life will revolve around you in your mission, in your purpose. You're the one that will truly fulfill me. You're the one that will satisfy me. And God, if I give my best to you, if I invest my best in the things of God, I'll truly be fulfilled. But not only that, I'll leave a legacy for things, for people and all of time where you can invest into your kids. You can teach them what it means to follow God. You can raise them up in a house where you show them that fulfillment isn't in stuff, it's in Jesus and his plan for your life. And you support the call of God on their life and you get behind his plan and purposes and you begin to lead by example in the way you serve together as a family and show them what it really means. That's the key to a legacy that lasts beyond ourselves. God desires more than anything to give his kids the thing that will fill them up the most. Today, I'm here to tell you, it's him. That's what Christmas is all about. It's why he came. And if you will make this song your prayer, Jesus, be the center of my life. Be the center of my family. Be the center of my career. God, I will revolve my life around you, knowing that it's what truly fulfills God, we love you. Today, we buy into what you're saying. We reject the lies of this world and our culture. We know that following you, fulfilling your plan is what truly will fulfill us. So God, we surrender all that we are to you today. And God, we pray that you would be the center of our hearts and of our lives, not just this Christmas, but every day. It's in your name we pray.